Have you ever uh, thought about augmenting your reality? Is reality not good enough? You got to augment it. What do you want to augment it with? Like, say, uh, an energy drink or, a, um, I don't know, fancy clothes, nice cars. Is that how you augment your reality? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I think we've hit onto a marketing slogan here. <laughs> augment your reality with Bobby Flood's um, <laughs> there's way too many inappropriate things coming to mind right now. Beard enhancement, <laughs> hair hair regrower. Um, Bobby Flood's uh, mind focuser. What if you could just focus in? Do you remember The Simpsons with focus in the the psychotropic drug? I don't remember that one. I think at the end of it, they find, find out that Major League Baseball is spying on everybody. What if you could get some kind of projection system that made your house look nicer or your, uh, or some kind of, you know, these like TikTok or uh, Snapchat filters? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What if you could get... So you, you can make everybody... You can be a furry in the augmented reality, but you're not... What if you could get a filter that would make you look good all the time or look like a filter? Well, you can in the, the Snapchat filters. You all the time look good there. Yeah, yeah, but... They, they, have, they give you Instagram face, right? Yeah. You all look like uh, Kim Kardashian, including the guys. Well, if everybody was wearing these these goggles that apple's just announced then i guess everybody could have these filters on them all the time and then you could look like anything you wanted you could be a furry or you know you you could be a man but you actually look like a woman but you wouldn't have to be there have been plenty of uh, yeah, movies yeah, about this. You wouldn't have to dress up. Yeah, there have been plenty of movies about this. There was one with Bruce Willis called Surrogates. Did you ever see that? Uh, no, I did not. Well, the premise is that these people have like, um, they wear, they lie down in a special bed with... Um, some sort of an eye interface. So it mm -hmm. all goes through the eye and the brain. Mm -hmm. And then they, um, they go out, they have a robot surrogate that goes out into the real world for them. And people are only supposed to be able to have one surrogate. Uh, but some people are able to game the system and get away with murder, you know? So what does the person do? They just lay in bed all day? Yeah, and then they, they, they show them walking around their apartment in their um, nightgown or their uh, bathrobe or whatever, and they're, they're never really very well kept. But they... 
It's like the lockdown. That's fantasy. how they explore the world is through these surrogates and the sur- and the what the ex- what the surrogate experiences you experience through the interface. And of course, the more uh, wealthy people have better surrogates, if I remember right. And there's a whole bunch of luddites, pro- protester types of people that are in a in an underclass because they won't have surrogates. I mean, that that sounds like a lot of the lockdown fanatics, the people who really enjoyed just being locked down for COVID. Yeah, but they're getting their uh, thrill going out by having the surrogate go experience the reality. Yeah, but in the the COVID reality, the surrogates were the underclass that delivered their food, right? (coughs) It's like the, the people who locked down and enjoyed that They they uh, they they still expected the world to function. They still expected their power and water to work and the internet to work. And and when they put in their order at DoorDash, it, they expected it to show up five or ten minutes later or whatever. Some of them, I think, are dumb enough that they really didn't realize that that meant other people going to work while they were locked. People quote, who unquote, might people who might down. pass the virus to them, <laughs> right? I know, but, a lot, but also, I know. like, if you t- it, let, let's imagine this scenario where the the virus was what they said it was, right? And the people, even our own uh, uh, epidemiologist for the state of Utah at the time, Angela Dunn, was saying this is very dangerous. You know, she was buying into all the 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 the, the lies, and she told a lot of them herself. While at the same time telling people to like order their food. Well, if it was very dangerous. Uh, who cooked that food? Who, who cooked the food? And, and so, okay. They just used copious amounts of Lysol on it. So it's okay for that, those people that have to prepare and deliver her, her food. It's okay if they die. They're dying. They're sacrificing their life so I can be safe in my apartment. What did they call, like, in Hunger Games, the people that served the capital, they had names, Voxes? I can't remember. These are people I don't remember. That, what's a... An Avox, a person who's had their tongue cut out, rendering them mute as a punishment for being a rebel or a traitor or a deserter. And they, mm-hmm. most of them were made servants of the ruling class. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great idea, right? Why censor people when you can just tuck their... Cut their tongues tongues out. out. Sounds like something they might want to try. Yeah. Speaking of movies and movie stars and stuff, have you followed the saga of uh, Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx, wasn't he vaccine injured? Yeah, like severely. How badly? Well, uh, let's look at the internet. But yeah, he, he, uh, he might be one of the more prominent people to come out and claim that they're they were vaccine injured although there's some pushback on it now saying no 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 it's just a rumor there's no there's no vaccine injury this is like the guy that got um had the heart attack on filled in uh in the nfl turned out he came back right like he 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 wasn't He's back in camp, he did a, apparently. He did, what's his name, Hamlin? Yeah. 
Damar Ham- Hamlin, I think. He came back and uh, gave an interview, but when they asked him what happened, he was like, whoop, zip. Like, well, I'm... Yeah, now they're saying... Like, it was awkwardly awkwardly silent on what, what caused it. Right, and now he's apparently back playing football. So it's funny, right? If you Google Jamie Foxx vaccine, you have all these results from recently. NBC News, unsubstantiated claim that Jamie Foxx was hospitalized, dot, dot, dot. Seems like Jamie we... Foxx quashes claims of COVID-19 vaccine causing injuries. Fox 11, Los Angeles. Jamie Foxx rep says hospitalization not caused by COVID. Fox News, Jamie Foxx rep says hospitalization not caused. Jamie Foxx, response to rumor that COVID-19 caused vaccine injury. It's really interesting because a, a few days ago, it's obvious that they've, they've unleashed the PR machine. Mm-hmm. When a few days ago, it was the opposite. The, the opposite was happening. Mm-hmm. But it appears that he's been severely, uh, has some severe health problems. And uh, probably... <laughs> Caused well, the guy's supposed to be in like tip top shape, right? Like he's fit, he's cut, ripped, cut, whatever they call that. He has he's been a bodybuilder. He has been for certain roles. I have no idea what he's like in real life, but but yeah, I mean he's a, he's a big time Hollywood actor. He's fifty five years old, and he's probably taking pretty good care of himself. I mean, he's. I'm not saying they have to, but a lot of a lot of being an actor these days is having you know, the physique. Right. It's funny when you compare um, modern actors to, um, well, recent actors and actresses to those out of like the 50s and 60s. Some of the men were able to get away with, you know, slacking off on the the sit-ups. Right. But the women had to look good. They've always had to look good. Right, and as soon as they don't, they're done. So the there's a, I think there there are a lot of different movies like Surrogates. One of the most obvious was Ready Player One, where they go into the virtual reality. Mm-hmm. You have The Matrix, which is a similar idea, but in this case with Surrogates, it's it's a knowing immersion in the. I'm really getting getting a kick out of these headlines. They're they're going all in to dispel and squash the rumors. Well, that shows that we already have an augmented reality, <laughs> right? <laughs> augmented with the spin. But the, the, he, regardless, okay. Then what is causing Jamie Foxx's uh, blindness and paralysis? Because that's this that's what he's been going through is some partial blindness and paralysis. What does cause that then? Do fifty five year old actors often become blind and paralyzed right after they take an experimental <clears throat> drug? Oh, I think some people have recently. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty blatant how they're modifying the narrative here. People are going to believe what they want to believe, though. Well, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, the, that's these, the, these that's the reason for it. It's like it gives it gives people a reason to believe what they want to believe. These headlines don't necessarily change my mind, but I, I'm not. I, I can't definitively say it was the vaccine, only that that was the story that was originally being told by mainstream media. By the way, right? If you're going to prove it in court, <clears throat> that's a high bar, right? 
but we've also followed these these types of things closely over the last few years and and it's been pretty obvious by now that the vaccine is not safe and it's not effective and that's not even a controversial thing to say nowadays uh other other augmented reality now we're being told definitively that the virus came from the lab and not only that but it was uh developed by the united states military yeah but where are you getting that uh that was an article on uh on zero hedge okay but yeah zero hedges doesn't qualify as right. news for like say the but that that but again it's all part of the the reality right let me try to find that where the the source is but point being right we it's it, we get jerked around by these uh we we talked a lot about narrative last week us the, us investigators said mm-hmm. quote us investigators quote whoever that is right covid-19 was created in a wuhan lab through classified bioweapons program well we know that they've already traced the money back to fauci so right Right. But yeah, you were bringing up uh, Ready Player One, other movie, you know, uh, Minority Report has some aspects of augmented reality. The way, what is augmented reality the way Apple defines? Of course, we're referring to Apple's announcement. By the way, this is the Mind Virus show. It's June uh, 12th, 2023. 6 12 23. Is there some numerology there? I don't know, but we're mind virusing today for sure. Right. Uh, six twelve twenty twenty three. Yep, six twelve two three. There's if you add everything up, there's a lot of sixes involved. Somebody, uh, somebody said on Twitter, "I support the current thing, but I don't know what the current thing is." And they had a point. Like, what is the current thing right now? I mean, it's Pride Month. We've talked about that last week, but that's sort of already, you know, that's already a thing. Is there a new current thing? Is there? A new, a new George Floyd or BLM. Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's kind of boring now for all of the activists. I don't know. It is summer, right? It's summertime. It's riot season. Are we seeing the riots? Not yet. I think it's because they've got a climate lockdown going back east. You've got yeah. the massive smoke. That's something we're not seeing out here in the west is this huge to-do over the Canadian wildfires blowing a bunch of smoke over the Northeast. Well, our, the mountains in the West are still filled with snow. Kind of hard to light them on fire. We're having great weather out here for June. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Yeah. The, so these Canadian wildfires allegedly, apparently maybe were all started basically simultaneously. And people are making the claim that they're arson. Uh, and then the f- the smoke is very orangish. Well, uh, you, Mr. Flood, have sort of anticipated on the podcast that there would be climate lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And I think we're actually seeing it. I don't know if they passed laws, but they recommended people stay inside. Well, New York City, masks. I think, went back to remote learning for school. Yeah. Um, they can They can get a lockdown by having the state mechanism enact all the COVID era type of right. remote working and learning things. Right. Yeah. The climate lockdowns are, we've said that they're coming and I think we're going to see more and more of that. I think there's two, there's two big things, 
two big sort of narrative plot points that get surfaced down again that don't always get a lot of traction, right? The first being climate. They've been hammering the climate change, global warming stuff for almost our entire lives. You know, actually even further back into the 70s, you started getting this environmental alarmism with the ice age and overpopulation and all of that. And uh, the the public's kind of fatigued on that, I think. I don't know that that, that very many people in the in the public uh, square take it very seriously. Yeah, I think that's what makes this uh, headline Zero Hedge put up. And again, it was uh, it wasn't Zero Hedge. It was Mark Je- Mark Jeftovic at the bomb thrower, and he, the title is "Don't Get Lured Into the Matrix: Who Needs Climate Lockdowns If Everyone's Trapped in the Metaverse?" Right. Right. So right. so there's a common theme here, which is getting people into the metaverse. Right. The other plot point that people don't take too seriously that seems to come up now and again is aliens. Yeah, and that's one we were talking about. So I got a text from uh, Dr. Nick. Hey, everybody. Hey, Dr. Nick. Hey, everybody. Um, he was saying, like, you, you're, you, you anticipated this on the podcast several months ago, and they were starting to talk about, the news is starting to talk about... Um, this whistleblower that's out saying that the United States has had secret craft for 50, 70 years, right? Since Roswell. I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to it. I think the people that are really have really been watching this for a while, and we'll link to uh, an interesting conversation between a guy named Daniel List. Daniel List, excuse me. It's a SZT there at the end of his name. He calls himself Dark Journalist, and this is sort of his specialty to research the X steganography, the programs and the mm-hmm. hidden messages behind the a lot of the um, messages coming out relative to the space program and what what they call the secret space program and the breakaway civilization. And he w- was on the Alex Jones show a couple of times recently. And I got this from uh, a friend of mine alerted me to this and I started looking at it. It's interesting because Alex Jones on InfoWars for the past 20 years, he's been very consistent. You know, that's about how long he's been going since, well, since 1999. So 24 years. He's been very consistently um, limiting his message to governmental conspiracy type of stuff and avoiding what he calls the little green man and the chupacabras, Mm -hmm. which I think has been a rational move because he's been trying to interest um, everyday people who consider themselves rational. He's got, there's that Overton window concept where he's like, okay, I know that people can see government corruption so I can help them understand how bad it is. But if I start talking about space aliens, then it's easy for everybody to just throw me under the bus. Well, he got thrown under the bus. He got canceled. You know, the time is, the time is very advanced. And so now he's started to talk about things like the, the secret space program or the idea of extraterrestrial life or unidentified flying objects, which, which now they're, they've changed the name. They're rebranding this, the, the powers that be are calling it UAPs. Right. Uh, what does that stand for? Uh, uh, like unidentified, unidentified aerial... Aerial phenomenon. Phenomenon, yeah. which could be a... Uh, it's the same thing as an un- be, unidentified could, flying object, right? It could be a piece of paper blowing through the wind. Like Yeah, but what's an unidentified flying object versus an unidentified yeah, aerial just, phenomenon? It's just smarter sounding language. 
and there's a certain stigma to UFO. Right. So now they're now that they've they're rebranding it as a UAP. Does that mean Grandpa will believe it? Like, oh, okay. Well, well I, uh, that's not a UFO. It was a UAP, Sonny boy. It's a weather balloon. <laughs> oh, and this is the this one was a bona fide UAP. Right. Um. I don't. Yeah, I think I think there's something to do with that, and I think they they might be testing the the effectiveness yeah. of these narratives. I do think there's some testing that goes on. Like, not everything we see in media is going to be evidence of a direct move by the oh yeah by the controllers. Remember the, remember the murder hornets? Yeah, we haven't heard about the murder hornets much. Right. Even uh, I think uh, monkeypox could could have fallen in that category. You think those just, just didn't play very well. Just didn't catch on. I think right? sometimes it also might be that uh, legacy news outlets just love this controversial, scary stuff, and so they th- they throw a bunch of time and effort. At, oh yeah, they're just at certain stories that sound ominous. And I think the flip side of that is is the reason COVID did work was because everybody in that infrastructure that power infrastructure was all in on it well you knew the fix was in right when that right. All, when that happened when everybody shifted their focus i mean we maybe we forget but from basically the end of february through whenever george floyd happened it was there was no other news except you're gonna die from covid yeah it was just covid all the time 24 7 death 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 they was they were recycling footage of you know, trying to make us believe that the Italian I mean, hospitals were, and the New York hospitals were overrun. Yeah, and they were faking it. It it was all a show, and uh, meaning they were using like stock footage. Yeah, and from the same hospitals. And of course, meanwhile, the fear, all the all the nurses are out dancing, and people are driving around. Well, first of all, in in England, they're driving ambulances around with the siren on just to scare people. Mm-hmm. That was documented, and then. In the United States, all the nurses are out recording videos, and then yeah. they've even got professional dancers in these videos. So Some, they didn't even have anything to do. Someday, and I, I give you got to give credit to Jeffrey Tucker from the Brownstone Institute. He's done an incredible job documenting all of this and, and commentating on it. But some someday, it would be a huge undertaking to sort of encapsulate all of the the peak COVID insanity under one roof, you know, or in one volume or a book or a movie or something because it was out of control. And of course the narrative control, the narrative reality was, uh, I've said it before on this show, I'll continue to say it, it was a masterpiece what they did. It was an absolute masterpiece of uh, manipulation in order to control the population. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. It was better than anything you see in the movies. Yeah, I don't know if I would call it their masterpiece, though. I think the their best is yet to come. Well, I didn't say that. But, but you did call it a masterpiece. It, it was but, but a by masterpiece. Definition, by definition, a masterpiece or a masterwork <laughs> is like the culmination of well, an artist's well, it, it uh, an was, artist's creative career. And I, so I'm I, trying to say that it's not the culmination. It's sort of their, this is a Mozart at work, and we've just seen some of maybe, his early work. Or maybe it was the masterpiece of a certain uh, uh, faction of... Could be of of the cabal or the oligarchy, and now the now the 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 defense people are moving into right well, war and destruction. Interestingly, in this, uh, so I found this uh, dark journalist Alex Jones 
uh, it's about about an hour and a half worth of material if you want to watch both of these videos that we'll link to. But he said, if you liked COVID, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right. Because he they think that, and, and I've told the audience here and Bobby Flood trying to get it through his thick head, <laughs> that in order for them to get their control grid, they need the war. They need a war yeah, where they yeah. can get ration cards, you know, a ration account. Again, you've got to go talk to people who lived through World War II, in which they're pretty much all dead now. Right. Um, but people who lived through it, they had to deal with rationing. That's, that's exactly what they want to do with our economy is lock up the commodities, the food, the, the rubber, the gasoline, the energy, mm-hmm. and everything. They want to limit you through, uh, through what they would call right now, what people are calling a central bank digital currency. That's the idea that they're right. going to be able to allow you to... Oh, and, and speaking of um, movies that have a similar type of a control mechanism, did you ever see the movie The Island with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson before they were big stars? No, but I know you've talked about that Oh, one. great movie. Um, Okay, well, I'll just leave that alone. But uh, the island. We're going to go to the island. Um, You got to watch it. Okay. um, Anyway, the idea is that there needs to be some sort of a mechanism to control the people. And so during the war, when the government had its emergency powers, and that's what, what, what what was it that made all this possible during COVID? Emergency declarations, right? right? Right. Emergency powers gave the health departments all this inordinate control, and then they, the legislators got scared out of their pants, and then they legislated all this money to give to everybody and their dog, especially the insiders, especially the ultra-wealthy, the corporations, and the, all, the, could we call it a Kafka-esque bureaucracy? <laughs> the the crazy health department people anyway yeah the health department people were remarkably insane right so i've been been pointing out that war looks like the most sure way to get that and they and and to get it in even more uh, in, in an even greater uh at an even greater level than the covid you know then they would totally clamp down and and just completely re-engineer the American economy if they could have a war. But um, the assertion of the guys, Alex Jones and uh, Dark Journalist, was that maybe they would rather, rather than breaking everything, you know, through a war, they would rather do it through alien invasion. And we've postulated that mm-hmm. also here on the podcast. By the way, a quick interjection. Because then they can declare a state of emergency. Go. Timely here, just uh, overwhelming majorities. This is a, a quote from an article published at the Ron Paul Institute based on a poll by the Cato Institute. Overwhelming majorities would oppose the adoption of a CBDC if it meant that the government could control what people spend their money on. 74% was the, the result of that. That the government could monitor their spending. that a CBDC would abolish all U.S. cash, 68%. These are the the percentages of the people that oppose these ideas. That a CBDC would attract cyber attacks, 65%. That the government could charge a tax on those who don't spend money during recessions, 64%. Or that the government could freeze the digital bank accounts of political protesters, 59%. Americans were marginally opposed, 52%, if a CBDC could 
cause some people to stop using private banks, resulting in some banks going out of business. Uh, one sort of a alarming thing about this finding, though, is it says that this result of the poll conducted from February 27th through March 8th in collaboration with YouGov is promising for Americans concerned about the threat of a CBDC, which the Federal Reserve and big financial companies have been testing in preparation for its potential introduction, poses freedom, poses to freedom and privacy in America. The problem, though, is that uh, the poll. Uh, showed that about half of Americans don't have an opinion regarding whether the Federal Reserve should begin offering a government-issued digital currency. So half of the United States, if you know, obviously you have to extrapolate and project these polls, half of the country potentially that has no opinion on it. And I think that's, that's kind of a problem because if you don't have an opinion on it, then you probably just shrug your shoulders when your state says, hey, uh, your dollars are being converted to the GovCoin mm-hmm. at an exchange rate of zero zero point four percent. Right, they lop a few zeros off of your currency. Right. Oh, I know that you've got. Uh, I know that your net worth right now is uh, five hundred thousand dollars, and in GovCoin, that's uh, well, I punk that. I'll carry the one. That's uh, that's three GovCoins. <laughs> These GovCoins are worth more than Bitcoin. Right. But at the you know every month you you get a new a new uh, gov coin in, uh, issued to you. That'll yeah. buy you a coffee. Hey, don't worry. Buy you a beer. Hey, if you behave well, we'll if increase. You're Mormon. It will the, buy you an ice cream. We'll increase the chocolate rations from two ounces to two ounces. <laughs> See, this is all only going to be possible via state of emergency and. So uh, dark journalist and Alex Jones spent a lot of time talking about how they, they in t- intend to invoke the continuity of government protocols, which allow mm-hmm. them to totally control the society and, in order to get these types of changes made. And by the way, that was the entire premise of the series, The X-Files, mm-hmm. right. which has become somewhat prophetic in a lot of ways. And of course, that all revolved around the alien question, right? So I, I think that's that's an interesting thing that's the, come up. The alien thing, <clears throat> it doesn't ever really catch on. Uh, it, it, like you said, it's you know, it's little green men. But I think there's, I think there's certain ways that the the, the governments of the world could really. Uh, frame it that would cause mass uh, hysteria and also like a mass hypnosis in the um, Corona Circus which I wish that they, they the still they? posted I wish they still posted Icarus Kid Icarus there because I liked their uh, posts but they have the journal from the future series and the key thing there that uh, I think is interesting is that they didn't just the 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 governments in that scenario didn't just say oh there's aliens right they created it they created a supernatural spiritual event and basically introduced a new god to the world like now, the, the now, new the new religion was okay. these overlords or people reacted and created that out of it 
if, if I'm remembering correctly. No, you're right, you're right. But and, what's interesting about the conversation between uh, DJ and Alex Jones mm -hmm. was, I'm making a note here to, that I need to put these in. Um, the, the interesting thing there was that they both agreed that they thought a lot of the alien phenomenon was interdimensional and required uh, like the, the, the agencies were looking for people with psychic ability and that it merges with things like the MK ultra stuff, all this, all this mental, right. Uh, mentalism or I don't know if you call it mentalism, but uh, spiritual interdimensional uh, sensory perception type of stuff that, mm -hmm. that the, that the extraterrestrials are actually interdimensional. And so then it starts to sound a lot like ancient religion where right. you have um, the higher beings are the gods mm -hmm. and there's uh, good and bad ones and they come to people via ritual ceremonies or whatever. Right. And, and so they, they were kind of getting into that. And that's where it's, it really does start to look a lot like um, what Corona Circus was talking about. Right. Because then there's a, the, there's a uh, human leader or a leader of humankind that then sort of, what's the word, uh, brings everybody together like a Christ figure mm -hmm. a, under one great religion. Well, and, I, and I think that there is an active... Uh, an active group of people or an active effort to create a a world religion one a one religion i think but I, I, think, I think the wf is behind that i think that the, the wwf U, and the, the wef i think the un the un has like these religious commissions and yes your local religion sits on these commissions mine does it sure does and I think the idea is to create, the long-term idea is to create, along with you know, one world government, they want a one world religion. But, they, but you're not talking about like them converting everyone overtly, right? The idea would be your religion joins in the, that, the committee or in the con conglomeration, that right? Could be a, that could be the methodology for sort of like introducing everybody this. into it. I, but it, well, when I say religion, I don't mean like we meet at 10 a.m. on Sundays, you know, and have proselytizing missionaries. This would be like things. a, high, a I, higher I mean, level overlay on your religion. Uh, yeah, I mean that it becomes, ultimately, it's just another arm of the, of the control mechanism, the one world government. It becomes the... It becomes what is it? Was it Nietzsche that said opiate of the masses? Yeah, I kind of think the whole good global citizen movement, the global mm -hmm. citizen movement, mm -hmm. is kind of part of that. Like it, it is. Like you want to, you guys join us. Uh, your your leaders have all joined us, and they're they're now pushing the uh, message. Right. And you get you can keep. It's like the Borg. You will be assimilated, but you can right. keep your unique. Your your uniqueness will be added to our own, is what they said. And if you look at if you look at some of these councils or meetings and things, it, it has that sort of stench about it. This sort of like, we're all the same and we're all, we're all doing God's work just in our own unique ways. And you remember the early COVID lockdown marketing. What did we hear? We heard all, to, you know, uh, all in this together, safer together. Um, if you know, no one is 
safe until we're all safe. Um, there was even the Good Global Citizen concert, right? There was a lot of usage of the terms one and unity and mm-hmm. uh, that kind of language. What is, what's the official name of the UN's uh, organization? I, like I Googled World Council of Religions, you get the Global Interfaith Meeting held by the Parliament of Religions. You get the World Council of Religious Leaders. You get uh, the Leadership World Council, councilofreligions.org, World Council of Churches. What's the UN one? Um, let me see. It might be... I don't remember now. I've got it. Council it, on it, Foreign it, Relations pulls up. <laughs> it sounds something like what you've been reading. World off. Conference of Religions for Peace. I mean, there's a lot of these where... People are trying to come together, you know, which isn't necessarily a bad idea to try to find common ground. And but when all they are are extensions of the United Nations mind oppression programs, that's not good. Right, right. Uh, uh, we can keep going. I'll I'll start. I'll try to find the name of that. Well, uh, the one. Yeah, you were you were looking into that because uh, the local, our local majority religion was involved in some of these meetings. Is that all of the meetings? All of their meetings for the United Nations version. What? What? Tell me about this. There was like a some sort of a focus on Dubai as like a central gathering point for these people. Well. So in Dubai, there is a, uh, what do they call that? Okay, I'm going to shift gears here. Dubai, uh, what do they call it? The Abrahamic family house is being built on an island in the middle eastern city of Abu Dhabi. I think it's called the Dubai World Trade Center, which is an interesting name if you think about what happened to the other. World Trade Center. Uh-huh. Um, Abu Dhabi's in the United Arab Emirates, by the way. Yeah, isn't Dubai also? Dubai is a city, right? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dubai Stupid is in... Question, du- dumb du- question. Dubai is in the United Arab Emirates. Also Abu Dhabi is just a, is another city. Abu Dhabi's smaller, I believe. Dubai's the oh, big... Dubai's up the coast. The, Dubai's the big, uh, huge skyscrapers. It's sort of the... I don't know how, what you'd describe it as. Vegas it's the defining of the ci- Middle East. <laughs> the defining city of the United Arab Emirates. Right. I've been to Abu Dhabi briefly. Laid over there on a flight. Um, let's see here. So the... the, the uh, <clears throat> they call it Dubai's District 2020 where the Worldwide Event Expo 2020 was held. Well, and the church is going to build a temple there. Right, at the District 2020. Um, 
Oh, uh, district. When you click on district twenty twenty dot ae, you get a uh, an error, not an error message, but a little splash page that says the domain district twenty twenty dot ae may be for sale. Here I've, I found so on the newsroom of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints dot org. Actually, it's just Church of Jesus Christ dot org. They have examples of events that they've uh, attended or hosted or whatever. Um, there's a lot of dead air right there. There's a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> interfaith well, this, stuff going on. And this on whole here. District 2020 thing is going to be. My understanding is it's going to be converted into sort of a business uh commerce yeah place a little 15 minute city basically so they've hit the the world religions conference in kazakhstan parliament of world religions in melbourne australia um there's a lengthy list here and by the way, I, the, I don't think any ground has been broken on that LDS temple in Dubai. It's just announced. I think they were waiting for the land to be transferred over to them after the World Expo, which already has taken place. And so maybe the, the land has been transferred. I don't know. But I don't think any ground has been broken. Huh. Well, And that's something that uh, the, a lot of temples get announced at general conferences but a lot of those take many years to get completed. Like, a lot like of years and years. I think that with these big uh, churches, for lack of a better word, that there's a lot of interaction at high levels. These people like to get together and hobnob and talk to each other and talk about things like cooperation. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cetera, sort of a, it's sort of a self-fulfilling, uh, it's like this, it's sort of like a Hollywood awards show. You, they get together and clap each other on the back and they feel very important and they expect everybody around them and they expect us to also, uh, treat yeah, would, them as very important. That would be interesting to be a fly on the wall there and watch how everybody's behaving at one of those things. Right. It's I like, think, are they are they all there thinking everybody else is looking at them going, oh, I want to convert to Catholicism, or I sure like those uh, Southern Baptists, or I don't think so. I I think it's more of like, I've made it. We're here. We're important. We are a global faith. Yeah, and we're here. And look at all these other important people. And I think, and this is me speculating. I think the tenets of the of the religion itself go out the window and you're just there enjoying being seen and seeing. So a Hollywood awards show would be the yeah maybe without analog. Maybe without the pomp and circumstance, but it's, I don't know. Have you ever been to like a convention? Like a, no, know, or a, uh, never uh, been to a convention. <laughs> what are we talking? I've been to the, uh, fan X convention. Okay. I mean, maybe that's sort of the same, although that that's open to the public. You're but talking about like uh, an industry convention or something? Yeah. Or you, a trade show? You go, yeah, or a trade show is a better word. You go to these trade shows. I've been to a few, and it's like... The who's who of... Yeah, yeah it's the who's who of the, of the, vac the outdoor the retailers. Industry? 
I went to the outdoor retailer show a few times. I was once as a kind of just wander around and look, and once as I worked there at a booth. And I'll, I'll tell you, the outdoor the outdoor industry they genuinely believe that they created the outdoors. <laughs> like the outdoors wouldn't exist without without Patagonia and North Face. They went, they, they created it. I went to Comdex in Vegas in the late '90s. That was huge when the internet was brand new. Mm-hmm. But, but but everybody and their dog goes to that, you know. There's a lot of self-importance at some of these trade shows, and I think that's probably the attitude at things like these Davos conventions or the religious ones that the UN has. It's like you're in the club, you're you're here, you're here by invitation. You're representing something big and powerful and influential. And uh, look at me, I'm surrounded by other uh, big and powerful and influential people. What's the uh, there's a scriptural verse. That's, what does it say? They love the, they love the. I want to say robes. I don't think that's the word. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it now. They love the chief seats, in the synagogues. Yeah, I think it's that same verse. It doesn't isn't there chapter twenty three of Matthew probably something like that. Let me see. You go on. I will. Uh, I will look for that. I'm still looking for uh, <laughs> the name of the the United Nations group that the church. Like, if you search UN Religious Convention LDS, it's like okay. Uh, Bishop Kase spoke at a UN Civil Society conference. The president of the UN General Assembly met with the First Presidency. That was this year, earlier a couple of, a month ago or something. The church hosted events for the United Nations in conference in Salt Lake. There was one where the, oh, the Latter-day Saint Charities sponsored its first United Nations conference at the headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland, blah, 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 blah. Sustainable societies on uh, the church website. This is all on the church website, by the way. If you put the word LDS after any Google search result, you will get a lot of church Results. Right. I'm seeing almost exclusively church results here. April 25th, 2021, headline on Salt Lake Tribune. LDS Church embraces the United Nations, but some members see the global group as, quote, satanic. <laughs> Thank you, Salt Lake Tribune, for making it so contrasting, so such a such a what's the word that's a that's a gotcha headline right sure i mean they're they're simultaneously lampooning the church itself and which they love to do and the people who see it who see the united nations as satanic because right if you think something is satanic you must be crazy like the church lady from saturday night live Satan. Okay, well, we're kind of, while you're looking for whatever you're looking for, we're kind of off on a little bit of a tangent here talking about the emergence of a worldwide religion that might be related to alien invasion. Well, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a real possibility, but I still think they, I still think they got to do war in Ukraine or war with Russia. I well, think they're doing that. that. A, I think that's a foregone conclusion. But the alien invasion, I mean, the, DJ and Alex Jones make a point that, Maybe they don't want to break all the infrastructure 
But I don't think they're going to be able to avoid that. I think they're going to, because of hubris and greed, mankind will end up at war anyway. And it will be, it will be because of conflict between the world leaders, not because of the regular people. Although if you can get the masses riled up to hate each other, that's a pretty, that's a lot of momentum there. You that's like, a, a, that's like a big train with a lot of momentum waiting to wreck, go off the tracks. You get them all hitting each other at each other's throats. And then you introduce this higher power of global unity. And I mean, they could, they could stage the second coming of Jesus. Well, maybe could, that comes during that. the war. Maybe there's right. the conflict. Maybe that's part of the, it's, maybe it's a, an interwoven narrative. It's Gandalf riding over the horizon to save the uh, towers. You know, Gandalf the White shows up. Helm's Deep. Right. On, look to the east in the morning of the fifth day or the third day. What was it? Which day was it? I think it was the third day because there was some symbolism there. Possibly. <laughs> Tolkien knew what, knew what he was doing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but see, like they could, they could introduce this savior type character or figure to, <clears throat> and, and he would come with the promise of ending all the wars and then implement all of the he probably wouldn't call him this but they would he would implement this the sustainable development goals you know i bring gender equality and we will eliminate poor and we will make sure that the climate is healed and, and you can be whichever gender you want and yeah there's no more hate and you must love and if you don't we will kill you and lock you into the dungeons and I mean, I mean, the UN is satanic. <laughs> Thank you, Salt Lake Tribune. Thank you for giving my point of view a voice. <laughs> but these are the types of things that they could try to do. I think, I think the the stage is being set for something like that. And then, what would the what would the masses? How would the masses react to such a thing? Well, it, if there's anything more powerful, maybe than fear, to get massive amounts of people to to comply the other one would be um sort of this uh what would be religion i think and i think that's why so many of the things today are even couched in religious terms like covid uh, like climate like uh lgbtq plus plus you know you you're either a believer or you're a heretic yeah a lot of it is very religious you know you're a climate denier Right, science denier, mm-hmm. climate believer. Yeah. Well, I, all of this, I think, uh, goes back to the continuity of government mechanisms in the United States. When co- that's the big thing that they want, the switch that they want to flip, the thing that the controlling class is attempting to invoke so that they can get the type of control they need or want this high resolution control over the individual lives of everybody in America. And if America falls, the rest of the world is, you know, the the rest of the world is already falling, but America is kind of the last, the United States of America is kind of the last bastion, the last holdout, especially certain states in the United States are, are holding out against these statist control 
uh, ideas, which it's it's kind of interesting because we've got we're not that far away from California, but have you seen what's going on over in California lately? Like their legislature's passing laws to essentially legalize shoplifting and criminalize parents for misgendering their own children. Yeah, yeah, and you should see California the, with a K. You should see the record of the state senator that's helping sponsor that. It's a, that guy's a, a, a certified lunatic. Didn't they outlaw? They've done some pretty crazy stuff. Like they've outlawed gasoline, um, landscaping equipment. You know, lawnmowers, small engines, things like that. They've mandated that all trucking in California will or uh, new trucks. I think is what it is going to be sold in California will need to be electric by 2050 or 2030 or so. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a mass exodus in California and people are getting out. I mean, if you're a parent of young children, especially at the, in this bill passes, you better get the heck out of there. I mean, yeah, it's a shame because California is beautiful. There's a lot of really, I mean, it's, it's California and yet it's being run into the dirt by communists. Or Marxists, or whatever word you want to call them, statists, whatever. <clears throat> but um, anyway, then getting back sort of on topic of this sort of uh, narrative control, um, I don't think anything's off the table. <laughs> I think the alien invasion, the new world religion, I think it's all it's all on the table. War, of course, is being i mean there is a war apparently it's hard to know what's real and what's not but there is a war and uh, the united states has had its it's uh it, it's it's a united states war right and they're just using ukrainians to go and die for the cause mm-hmm. if you believe the mainstream reports right this isn't I don't think this is uh, this is the the a case of a big bad dictator invading a smaller country, right? This isn't Saddam and Kuwait. This is no. This is United States agitating Russia. We we into, uh, into the war. We essentially um, caused instability in the region. We were the ones that fomented the instability. We ca- we we destabilized a place that was fairly. Was operating fairly uh, consistently, you know, without without a lot of turmoil there in Ukraine. They were at peace with their neighbors, and then bam, made a revolution. Right. Well, I guess uh, I want to know how all of this interlinks with augmented reality, and I think Ukraine is maybe a good example because. We've talked about this before. I'll have to, I guess, I'll have to find um, some of the material to link to for sources. But there's a huge push over there. They've been advertising, Zelensky and the gang have been advertising that they're going to make the Ukraine a great digital nation and essentially right. a, an AI slash technology driven state where everybody is linked in. And of course, those of us that have been paying even a modicum of attention to what's going on don't want to have to be forced into this technological control grid. And that's what it is. It's not, on one hand, it's convenient, but on the other hand, it is 
a very obvious control grid. And, and it's also, it also creates a, a limiting factors in the bureaucracy because you can't, you know, when you have a web page or an app that you're dealing with, you can't ask that app to make an exception. It, it just, it, what is required is required, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, was, I was thinking that we ought to try to lobby our reps here in Utah to pass some laws or rules right into the, to the code and the, regu- the bureaucratic regulations that every single state service provided will need to have some sort of a workaround to any technology. You know, you can't, if you're going to go to the DMV, you don't have to get in their electronic um, waiting list, for example. Like if you had to go to the DMV during COVID, they had this whole uh, virtual queue, virtual line. And I, I was in that line once and it kept bumping me out. The app on the phone kept disconnecting, bumping me out and putting me in the back of the line. So I finally just walked in there and talked to the people. And this was late COVID. I talked to the guy at the desk. I'm like, look, I keep getting bumped out of line. And there were like eight people with me right. saying we need, and, and the, the place was deserted. Like nobody, right. we're all waiting to get to a teller and there, or a teller, uh, an agent or uh, somebody to help us. And what do they call those people at the DMV? Uh, Automatons? Yeah. I'm just kidding. The people that have helped me at the DMV actually were pretty nice people. The DMV's improved. It has dramatically improved over the years. But I, I, I assume they just call them um, people at the DMV. Bureaucrats. It reminds me of, uh, what, what's the movie? It's an animated movie, and the sloth is behind the government desk. Uh, I don't remember. Is it, uh, what movie is that? And, the, and he's like... He's reaching for the paper. <laughs> moving very slowly. And the person, the, the character on the other end of the desk is in a hurry. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember the movie now. It's an animated movie with animals. Clearly. <laughs> Was it the one where the there's like a rabbit or a fox or somebody that's a police officer? Was it uh, yeah. something Topia? Zootopia? Animaltopia? Z- Zootopia, is that a movie? Probably. <laughs> We're on point today. <laughs> um, I think that's the movie, though. I think you're on to it. I think I might be onto this uh, thing, this stupid thing that we've. There moved is on a movie from. titled Zootopia, t- 2016. Yeah, I think that's the movie. <clears throat> okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so there's a scene in there with a sloth. That makes sense. Yeah, like I, I think we should get a law passed there ought to be a law bobby flood that the state is required to provide human interaction on every service at the possibility of some sort of human interaction you know and and they need to make it so you're not required to have a cell phone to do this stuff yeah you need to be able to just walk in get an appointment right talk to somebody the old-fashioned way because they're essentially requiring you to spend a lot of extra money to have the whatever convenience factor in order to in order to uh partake of the services or and it's not that we and see that's that's the, what makes it so maddening is that we don't necessarily want to 
partake of the services, they just are forcing us to. You have to go in and pay your taxes. You have to go in and get licensed. You have to go and do all this stuff that they require by law, and then all of a sudden they're requiring you to, to do it via a tracking device, a cell phone. But I mean, we've been, we've been oppressing each other for a long time. The whole idea of auto insurance, for example. Well, you know, you need to, in order, if you're going to drive on Utah roads, you have to have auto insurance because uh, if you get in an accident, then we need to at least have some, we need, we need to have, you know, there needs to be some good probability that, that, the person that was injured will be, or the, whose property damage will be, will be paid back, will be compensated. So we need to legislate that via um, the government rather than you as an individual contracting with an insurance company to buy no-fault motorist, not no-fault, but uh, uninsured motorist insurance, which they require anyway. You're, you're required to have uninsured motorist insurance anyway, even though it's a law that you have to have auto insurance. I mean, this is, right. this is how entangled our, our statist system really is. So on the one hand, you, you can't drive without it, but on the other hand, you have to have uninsured motorist. So the thing we were looking for earlier. You found it? It's called the UN Interagency Task Force on Religious and Sustainable Development. And you have a list of people endorsed by the members of the Multi-Faith Advisory Council to the Interagency Task Force on Religion and Sustainable Development. Why are the two combined? Well, you have a Multi-Faith Advisory Council that advises the Interagency Task Force on Religion and Sustainable Development. Yeah, but why, why is sustainable development combined with... Because the Interagency Task Force on religion and sustainable development is using religion to further sustainable development. I feel like I'm caught in like a like do you remember, Dr. Strange do you remember, time loop here. Why? Why? Well, do you remember, uh, uh, remember the video call with uh, Sharon Eubank saying with her other uh, interagency multi-faith was this during Council COVID advisors. that they were going to use women of faith to uh, make people wear masks and get vaccines? What, is that what yeah, she said? Yeah, basically. And, and women of faith would be a great help. And Elder Bednar said something similar. Like we basically said we can use our influence to help people comply with the pandemic. And so you have this long list of members of the multi-faith advisory council to the interagency task force on religion and sustainable development and the church of latter-day saints is how they list the local church uh, in this list but there's it's a big long list you have you have uh, a lot of things i've not even heard about you have the church of sweden finn church aid global interfaith wash alliance global one green faith international network of religious leaders living with and impacted by hiv and aids that's the name of an organization islamic relief jewish theological seminary usa um and a bunch of others 
And that's on the UN Inter, that's the Multi Faith Council or Inter. This is part of a press release. In the face of the global crisis unleashed by COVID 19, Unprecedented, unprecedented in recent history, the UN Interagency Task Force on Religion and Sustainable Development expresses its deep concern about the enormous challenge that this situation presents to the most vulnerable around the world, including the elderly, refugees and migrants, people living in conflict, conte- conflict contexts. Is that just a dumb way of saying war? People living in conflict <laughs> contexts, people with disabilities, young people, religious minorities, women and children at risk of domestic violence, groups that face discrimination and stigmatization, and all other vulnerable groups. Unity, solidarity, international cooperation, and global coordinated action, as called for by the United Nations Secretary General, are essential to address the pandemic. A comprehensive approach, taking into consideration the complex and multidimensional nature of the crisis, is crucial to addressing immediate and future challenges in a manner that ensures that no one is left behind. My brain turned off. What are you reading? This is a press release from the Interagency Task Force on Religion and Social Development. <laughs> and so that came out of the UN? That was 18th of April, 2020. Um, they're right. Yeah, the, the, the lockdowns really hurt the vulnerable people in our society. Oh, yeah. People living in conflict context. I don't know what that means. <coughs> but uh, this is all getting back to this idea that there are forces at play trying to homogenize religion under the, de- under the umbrella of these authoritarian organizations. And I think that the, uh, an alien invasion could be something that could help uh, facilitate that, right? Well, it wouldn't even have to be alien invasion in the sense of like UFOs and little green men. It could just be a supernatural event. I think uh, we've been primed for this. Like there, there have been a ton of movies that I think we identified 28 movies that were produced on viral outbreaks or, or pandemic type of crazy apocalyptic uh, plagues since the mid 90s prepping the public mind for, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be scared of a virus when, and, and we, we've also contrasted against that propaganda, you know, news stories from the 50s, 60s, and 70s where, you know, the New York Times talked about outbreaks that killed a bunch of people, but nobody really cared, you know, the, the flu, the Asian flu or whatever, came over here and there was an outbreak and it made page two or page three of the times for one day. And it was very similar in scale or proportionate scale to what we were seeing with COVID. So the, the societal, we know that societal expectations and um, fear levels have changed. That Overton window has shifted for sure. Right. And of course, if you're not familiar with the Overton window, that's a concept in politics and governance that uh and you know think tanks would use that talks about how the leadership or the controllers have to shoot for a certain set of outcomes because the society will only 
allow certain things to happen and it and that window has to shift in a uh, more status direction a more a more permissive direction in order for the government to get or the controllers to get what they want i don't want to use the term government but that that's the overton window and when people talk about the overton window shifting they're they're lamenting the fact that usually lamenting the fact that society has allowed more and more control and has has um rejected or or given up responsibility relative to their own future over over time progressively but i i think that uh there uh, we were talking about the movies that came out about the pandemic or what what's the what's the term they use predictively programming for the pandemic yeah predictive uh, there've been a whole myriad of movies uh, and uh propaganda out there about alien invasion or aliens or sci-fi stuff linked to global cooperation and a global government system the uh one of the earliest of which was star trek right the federation of planets is essentially um a mirror of the united nations and i believe their logos are almost identical that they they lifted the the federation of planets idea from the un and you get movies like contact in the 90s with Mm -hmm. um jodie foster and matthew mcconaughey i think Great movie, really good movie. But of course, there's this um, discovery of an alien radio signal that she finds, which mm-hmm. leads to international cooperation over the alien question. You've got inter, uh, Independence Day, right? Right. Independence Day was uh, 1996, I think. And great uh action film and, and it doesn't really they, they they don't really talk about they, they talk about international cooperation but it's not until 20 years later in the second iteration of independence day that you get um that federation of planets or, or worldwide it's not really a federation of planets but there's a worldwide government because once we realized we were not alone in the universe, now all the resources of humanity has to be focused on planetary defense. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Men in Black, which is talking about the secret space program um, with a worldwide, well, sort of a above, above national type of a organization that takes care of the defense of the planet. You've got uh, Ender's Game, where right. the this is the same thing starship troopers same thing there's a there's a worldwide governmental body because of the alien threat it's like if there's an alien threat we must have a world government response to fight the aliens that's just the thing right. that's there I, I i it's is it unusual to see like an alien well i mean there's plenty of alien invasion movies where humanity's caught off guard but if there's any sort of a sustained, you know, we live in a, we have an alien, 
where where this where the the background for the story is that aliens are real and there's travel between the planets usually earth has a unified government it's almost it's almost right. a given that it's going to have some sort of a right uh, un taking care of things or whatever yeah, with, a high, I, with a high marshal sky master or whatever sky marshal <laughs> space marshal whatever who yeah. runs the whole show right you have that um, in the expanse. There's like a world government that's kind of made up of. I'm not going to list all those movies out on the website. By the way, you're going to have to go look for them. Yeah, there's too they're too numerous to list. Uh, the, yeah, like uh, you had uh, what was it called? Defiance. Was a TV series on it? Did you see Serenity? Um, Serenity's pretty good. You'd like that. That's kind of a space cowboy movie. Or Firefly. Firefly. Some people Serenity. Call me a space cowboy. Yeah. You're gonna carry it on, or no? Should I? Some continue? people call me the gangster of love. <laughs> Some people call me Maurice. <laughs> when I speak, the pompadus of love. That's an old classic. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Steve. Steve. Uh, oh man, oh, I can't remember his last name. The Steve, Joker. The Steve something. Because I'm a Joker. Yeah. Now I'm we're gonna a, have to look this up. I'm a midnight toker. Our audience I right now is sitting there yelling at us. The run. Stop, Jordan! Stop! And they're going. You guys are idiots. You can't remember Zootopia. You can't remember Steve Miller band. Steve Miller. I wanted to say Steve Martin or Steve yeah. Hansen or somebody. The Steve Martin Band. <laughs> Experts are talking about a shockingly simple way to improve hearing. It doesn't Skip like ad. Skip yes. ad. Mute. Mute. <laughs> oh, boy. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me what is what is the pompatus of love is that what he says yeah i don't know i've always wondered that and i've never looked it up so now i'm gonna do that okay well do that right if, now i i like the movie serenity that's a serenity was a good movie it was sort of an uh conglomeration a summary of the firefly series which is the space cowboy movie that we're talking about and in it, they have uh, this is this is a uh, this is a situation where humanity has gone way out into the stars, and so Earth isn't really involved. But there's a uh, there's an alliance, or a you know, sort of like an empire type of a thing in Star Wars that is sort of the the driving force behind the super state that that manages the region and then you have these our our heroes are operating on the fringes just like luke skywalker and the rebellion in um star wars star wars is kind of a space cowboy type of a movie oh too. yeah for sure it is but uh but yeah so you you always have the the exciting stuff and the real people are operating on the frontiers. We've talked about that too before on the podcast. It's always the lack of proximity to the central tyranny that creates these exciting events and the and 
and where people can really uh, make choices and have that epic battle between good and evil because everybody else is sucked into the mind prison. All right, do you want to know about this song, The Joker? Go ahead. Apparently, I'm not the first person to wonder because there's a movie in 1996 called The Pompatus of Love, which uh, people sit around trying to figure out the meaning of this song. <laughs> That's the movie? They, they're just trying to figure it out? <laughs> I guess. So here we have, so Space Cow, but this is written by someone who, who worked with the, the filmmaker, I guess. Space Cowboy and Gangster of Love referred to earlier Miller songs. Maurice was from Miller's 1970 tune, Enter Maurice, which appeared on the album Recall the Beginning, A Journey from Eden. Enter Maurice had this lyric, My dearest darling, come closer to Maurice so I can whisper sweet words of epistemology into your ear and speak to you of the pompatus of love. Great, now there are two mystery words. Uh, what's more, it appeared even Miller himself was uncertain how pompatus was spelled. It appeared as pompatus, as in A-T-U-S at the end, in, the least, in at least two books of sheet music, but as pompatus, I-T-O-U-S, in the lyrics included with Recall the Beginning. Miller has said little about the P word over the years. In at least one interview, fans say he claimed it doesn't mean anything. It's just jive talk. <laughs> Not quite. Some sharp-eared music fan noticed the Intermaris li lyric above bore a marked resemblance to some lines in a rhythm and blues tune called The Letter by the Medallions. The song had been a hit in R&B circles in 1954. J.K. found the record. It had the lines, Oh, my darling, let me whisper sweet words of something like epistemology and discuss the something like pompatus of love. Those are in brackets. Epistemology is the study of the theory of knowledge, an investigation right. into uh, that, then came metaphysics, etc. Then came a stroke of luck. John Cryer, the movie guy, had stumbled onto the secret of Pompatus. Eager to reveal it to the world, he sent it to who? Rolling Stone, the New York Times? Of course not. He sent it to us, meaning this is a website called straightdope.com. Speculation about Pompatus was reoccurring motif in the script for the Pompatus of Love. While the movie was in post-production, Choir heard about the letter. During a TV interview, he said the song had been written and sung by a member of the medallions named Vernon Green. Green, still, still very much alive, was dozing in front of the tube when the mention of his name caught his attention. He immediately contacted Cryer. Green had never heard of the Joker. Cryer says that when he played it for Green, he laughed his ass off. <laughs> Quote, <laughs> Green's story. You have to remember, I was a very lonely guy at the time. I was only 14 years old. I'd just run away from home, and I walked with crutches. Uh, he scraped by singing songs on the streets of Watts. One song was the letter Green's attempt to conjure up his dream woman. The mystery words J.K. ascertained after talking with Green were puppetits. Puppetits? and pismatality. Green wasn't much for writing things down, so the spellings are approximate. <laughs> pismatality described words of such secrecy that they could only be spoken to the one you loved, Green told Cryer, and puppetuts, a term I coined to mean secret paper doll fantasy figure, thus puppet, who would be my everything and bear my children. <laughs> What's this article titled? <laughs> It's called, In Steve Miller's The Joker, What is the Pompatus of Love? And it's from The Straight Dope. Well, now we got to look up this song, The Letter, 
from by uh, Vernon Vernon Green. Let's see if I can find that while we're uh, while we're just uh, sabotaging the this the the quality of this episode, right? <laughs> hey, we're learning something. I don't know. Are we sabotaging it? Is this what you <laughs> listeners want to know today? We're just kind of having a an honest, straight up discussion on what's going on in the world, and it led us to the Steve Miller Band's Joker. Which one's this? The letter. By the box tops? By Vernon Green. Almost okay. We were about to get DMCA'd, but Bobby's now. <laughs> I'll keep going in the back, and I'm down. gonna see if if we've got the lyrics here. <laughs> what? This is apparently oh, the, and discuss the puppetus of love. Yep. Let me whisper sweet words of pismotality. Pismotality and discuss the puppetus of love. There so it is. in other words, Steve Miller just plagiarized. Yeah. <laughs> he just plagiarized Vernon Green. We just changed one letter, pompatus, or well, at least But this wasn't written down back then. That's right. We so didn't I think he do just heard the... it and was like, well, I'll just, I'll just use that. So the Joker, one of the greatest uh, songs of all time, is plagiarized. Is that what we've discovered today? Yeah, there it was. <laughs> this could be the beginnings of rap right here. He's not really singing, he's just saying. <laughs> yeah, he's reading the letter. He's reading the letter. Vernon Green, leader of the Medallions, died December 24, 2000 in a hospital in Los Angeles. Best known for The Letter and Buick 59, they were the first doo-wop group to record for Dutone Records. Hmm. It's got that kind of um, old-school 50s... Nostalgic. Yeah. Well, it wasn't nostalgic at the time. Right. It was all brand newfangled at the time. But anyway, we're going to be invaded by aliens here pretty soon. And uh, just hold on to your hats. Maybe they'll know the meaning of puppetus of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I think the takeaway is nothing's off the table. Watch the narrative. Watch the stories they're trying to get you to believe. And then what actions they want you to take based on those. Right. Who do they want you to stand for and support and, you know, the current things? Well, yeah, definitely when the, um, when they're, when we see a synthesis, when we see all the media coming together at the same time, focusing on the same idea, then you'll know the game is afoot, as they say. And that's what happened big time with COVID. 
more so than anything I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, other than, say, 9-11. was huge. 9-11, there was a synthesis for about two months. I think so. Maybe a little... Maybe a little longer, but by the next year, they were moved into an election year. They were still debating whether we elections. should be fighting Iraq, whether Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. And, and, and by the time it was, it was election season again, they were, you know, saying no, you know, there was the, even though, you know, like John Kerry, I voted for the war before I voted against the war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is another way of saying, I was for the war until I realized I could run against George Bush on a platform against the war. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 9-11, there was a synthesis. And of course, with COVID, there's probably been other smaller ones. But I don't think any two events in the last 25 years have had the impact on society that those two things have. 9-11 introduced the security state. Yeah. Or not introduced, but amplified it. Became It became... Uh, run-of-the-mill, everyday, uh, uh, you know, existence in our lives, the security and the surveillance state. And now COVID has introduced the, uh, what would you call it, the, the medical state, the stay-safe state. In- the insanity state. <laughs> I, I don't know. State of we, insanity. We've seen, we've seen some other um, events occur, but I think they've been less, I think they've been equally as influential, but less uh, publicly talked about. And the first after 9-11 was the uh, financial crisis of 2008, which was huge. But all the stuff that happened behind the scenes there to modify our financial system, I don't think we understand how big of a deal that stuff was. And then the things that happened behind the scenes with uh, Silicon Valley Bank here, I think we have yet to all the, all the banking stuff that's gone on. There was some changes in 2019, right before the pandemic and during and after the pandemic. Uh, the money stuff there, I think, is what's going to really hit us hard here pretty quick. So, I mean, if we had a magic eight ball, remember the magic eight ball? You know, mm-hmm. how you'd ask it a question and it says, um, ask again later or signs point to no. Right. In this, ca- in this case, if we were to ask the Magic 8 Ball a question, I think it would say, all signs point to apocalypse. We just That would be its answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to your hats. Steve Miller must have loved R&B. Another line from the Joker goes, I really love your peaches, want to shake your tree, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey all the time. A similar line may be found in the Clover's... baby, something else after that. A similar line may be found in the Clover's 1953 hit, Lovey Dovey. Quote, I really love your peaches, want to shake your tree. Lovey Dovey, Lovey Dovey all the time. That was from the peaches? That's not similar. The, who, who was it that did that one? The Clover's. The Clover's, okay. That, that's not similar. That's identical. When I spoke to Miller's publicist, this is from that article. I'll sure show you a good time is what he says after that. Ooey, baby. I'll sure show you a good time. When I spoke to Miller's publicist, Jim Welch, about these coincidences, he said Miller's comment was artistic license. Pressed a bit, Welch said Miller acknowledged that he'd been influenced by earlier artists. <laughs> influenced. And this is sort of a, this is sort of a, uh, um, a downer because the, the Joker is so iconic. And then now we're realizing that it's just a lot of uh, uh, plagiarism. 
Well, that's what's... How much time have we spent discussing copyright law here on the show? A little bit. Because... <laughs> there was that article I think I pointed out before called The Mouse That Ate the Public Domain, how yeah. Disney lobbies every couple of years, every time the copyright laws get close to... Um, expiring for mickey mouse they lobby congress to extend the copyright laws so right. at, at the inception of these uh, commercial laws in america in the um right after the constitution um was was adopted by the states in the early 1800s there were these commercial laws that were set up and copyright laws coincided with uh, patent laws and they they started out as 14 year patents and copyrights and then they were they were extended once to 17 years and the idea is you're supposed to give creators and inventors long enough to profit off of their ideas but that's after ideas have been in in use for a, a certain amount of time they need to you know they need to become public domain because can you really own an idea that's the question right and um, we know that patent, well, we know the laws on patents have not changed. The time frame on patents have not changed since 17 years. And this is why you see a lot of drug companies attempting to push their drugs to market without um, fully testing them or, or you know, they, they want to they get them out as quick as possible so they can profit for as long as possible before it becomes legal for other people to... to um, copy those drugs because they're patented and there's a lot of harm done to society because of that because they're always uh, it's hard to concentrate with all this uh, music going on but okay there you go <laughs> you found it that's the clovers you found it Yeah, I, but anyway, I, so I, so I, I copyrights are like the life of copyright lasts the life of the artist plus like ninety years or something now, rather than seventeen years, because it's all because of Disney Corporation and Mickey Mouse expiring. So basically, anything before nineteen twenty eight is in the public domain, and everything afterwards is copyrighted because they keep getting it extended. Right. And this is terrible for our society because people should be able to write derivative works on Star Wars. It's iconic. It's part of the culture. But you can't because the estate, or, or uh, not the estate, but Lucas or whoever, they're going to sue your brains out. Same thing with Tolkien. You know, right? The idea is you should be able to do derivative works on Tolkien, but the Tolkien estate's going to come after you because of the uh, yeah. copyright laws. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between influenced and I think pl plagiarism is a whole other, uh, whole other fish to fry well yeah but the, but i don't know if i would call that plagiarism no, he no what, what he, Steve artists, did. artists cover each other all the time yeah, what, they still they they lift um uh chord progressions they lift uh beats and stuff like that like you know stairway to heaven stairway to heaven was yeah but, but that whole progression in stairway to heaven was started out in somebody else's oh yeah song. oh yeah uh surfing and, uh, usa those guys it? tried to somebody tried to sue led zeppelin recently yeah surfing usa that. you could call plagiarism right you really could because uh sweet little 16 i think is almost the exact same song chuck berry is that who it was well let's find out and they, he actually they won in court so that's already been said. well and then there was just a, a case the last week with ed sheeran sheeran ed sheeran ed ed whatever 
where he was accused of this and he won. Yeah, court. it was Chuck Berry, Sweet Little Sixteen. And I, I think um, I, I come down on the fence of more um, creative, like license, license, like let let the let the artists play. Yeah, I think 17 years would be appropriate for copyright law. This is Sweet Little 16 by Chuck Berry. No, this is Surfing California, Surfing USA. That's Surfing USA. Let's go to Surfing USA. I don't. I don't know that you even need to. Everybody knows Surfing USA. They just sped it up a little. I saw. A, I think it was like a comedian or one of these sort of comic, sort of a America's Got Talent type thing, where a guy was playing just the same chords, and was just jumping from like dozens of songs. And just showing in a funny way how so many big hit songs use the same chord pro- chord progression. I'm not a music guy; I don't know a ton about it. But oh, they do! Just this basic like three chord set or whatever you call it was the foundation for songs like "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, and there was a bunch of others that he played. Well, yeah, you have the thing called the two five one chord progression. Uh, there are other other chord progressions out there. I'm just trying to find some of my, that's the only one that came to mind. It shows you how much I really know about music, but uh, I didn't really ever take a music theory class, but uh, there are a lot of different chord progressions that uh, these songs are based on. And What's interesting is that it, it, unless you're really discerning, you don't hear the same chord progression because they dress it up and they change it, and that's great. Right. right. That's but, but should that's somebody point. but should somebody own the chord progression? That's the question, right? Right. No, and I I don't think you can own music in that sense. So right? here's five common ones: two five one six one six four five one four five four six four one five one five six four. And uh, as I'm looking at this. These are all very common, uh, like I play a little guitar, and these are very common chords that are used I mean, over and over I mean, that's like saying again. that you, that's like trying to copyright or own the letters of the alphabet. But people really do try to do or that. They want to lock everything up. Like in our, in our economy today, that's, I think, the copyright law, <laughs> I'm just sitting here in the back of my mind thinking, what are we really talking about in today's episode? But that's okay. <laughs> we're, we're having a rambling episode. <laughs> But uh, the copyright law is one of the main evidences of how terrible our economy and society has become. It's a rent-seeking economy. We want to own everything and lock it up. And when you do that, you can't have the explosion of ideas. You, right. you, you stifle right. humanity's creative nature. The rambling man. See, that's a copyrighted phrase. Yeah, but you can't. Trying to make a living, and I'm doing the best I can. You can't copyright individual words. I mean, I know people do that with like their brand. They try names to trademark them and trademark and stuff. But like, like the word Apple, I can I can use the word Apple as much as I want, as long as you don't call a computer an Apple. I just can't 
call an Apple, I can't call a computer or a watch or anything else like that an Apple and then try to sell it as such. But I can use that word. That's the same with music chords and notes. Well, a trademark, make, having, having a trademark law, that makes some sense. That's different than having a copyright. Right. Because we're locking up the ideas. Right. And it's hard to prove that kind of stuff. Like, because ideas, you, you, you really can't own an idea. Some people say, well, you stole my idea. Well, no, but what you're supposed to, so you, you thought of it first. It's like little kids. I saw that first. Yeah. yeah. Well, just because you thought of it first and, and you have this problem where, you know, <clears throat> so many things have been patented and copyrighted that you could actually conceive of it originally. It was your original thought. Right. And then, but somebody had already thought it. I mean, go, read the first chapter of Ecclesiastes. Nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. It can, it's all been done. That's a bare naked ladies song. It's all been done. Right. Um, so pretty soon everything's been done and you can't, you can't do anything or, or create anything new or, or make any money on it because somebody already owns the idea. Whatever happened to these guys? These guys were really hot for a little while. I think they made a lot of money and decided to take it easy, maybe. Do you know the other song that comes from Ecclesiastes? Uh, the Birds. To everything, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> yeah. There is a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so we have what we, what I would call a rent-seeking economy, and that's yeah. just terrible because the, everything, everything is constructed with the idea that we're going to sell it to you piecemeal or rent it to you, and you can't own anything like software, for example, now. Rather than just having a piece of software, right. you, you, have to, subscribe you have to, to it. subscribe to it, and then if you stop paying them, they turn it off. Right. Well, that's how all this music I'm playing right now is Apple Music. It's a, sub a subscription. As yeah. soon as I turn that off, all the access to that music goes away. But see, they want to do that with um, transportation, for example. You can't just own your car. You're going to pay us rents on it. Right. And and this shows up in a lot of places. First of all, we pay rents with the energy that we use, but we pay the taxes. Right. We pay the road property taxes, taxes, property taxes, tax. registration taxes. Death taxes. Yeah. And now there's a move on that they want to... Um, Tax by the mile, right? So you're taxed per mile that you you drive. Yeah, and Which pretty means soon they're going to tax the air you breathe. Well, in order to tax by mileage, they're going to have to track your mileage. Which, again, there goes more and more privacy out the window. Yeah, tax. I just read that. Uh, I think uh, New York City, like downtown Manhattan, is going to charge people for driving into Manhattan. And well, other, they, aren't other they cities, outlying? Um, <clears throat> Manhattan, have you been to New York City? They've outlawed, yeah, I have, but it's been a while. The, they've outlawed cars in uh, parts of London, haven't they? Um, maybe. Yeah, be thankful I don't take it all. Yeah, 
Okay, there's a part in here where they talk about taxing your feet. If you take a walk, I'll tax your feet. I mean, they they knew it because they were paying the tax. Right. And, and England's tax structure was far more developed in the 60s than the United States. And so these guys were, you know, here's one for you, 19 for me. Right. It was not inappropriate. Well, this episode somehow went from aliens and uh, virtual augmented reality to music and but uh, I think it's it's all it's, it can all be related. Uh, there was a headline I saw today that was uh, again on Zero Hedge that was so relevant. The guy said something like, um, "What was it? Wait for it! Wait for it! Waiting, waiting." Oh yeah, here it is. No, no collapse is the real dystopia, <laughs> right? If it doesn't, if this situation doesn't collapse, it's the real dystopia, right? And and I've pointed out before the opportunity cost. Have we talked about opportunity cost? Maybe opportunity cost is an economic principle that like uh, it's uh, the price of doing this podcast is everything we could be doing right now yeah, instead yeah. of the podcast, right? right? So like if you buy, if you have 10 grand and you buy a Ford, the opportunity cost is a Chevy or a Dodge or whatever. It's everything else you could have bought. So anyway, the opportunity cost of us acting the way we're acting as a society, it really is Zion. That's the opportunity cost. We're giving up Zion for behaving the way that we act. And and, and everything in us, people, people long for that utopia. And and right. so they think they're going to get it through government or through living in a commune or or through their uh, Instagram or whatever you know whatever it is that floats their boat. But the opportunity cost is is Zion. We're not there, and and so everything we're doing <laughs> is working against that ideal. Right. Well, that's a good place to end. Uh, leave your favorite uh, plagiarized song in the comments. <laughs> Um, feel free to feel free to plagiarize whatever you want in the comments. We will not uh, <clears throat> condemn you for it. Nope, not on air anyway. At least not to your face. <laughs> <laughs> we reserve the right to delete any comments that we deem unworthy of the website. Yeah. All right then. Um, take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like, comment, share, subscribe, smash that bell. All those things that people say at the end of these things. Or, or just feel free to just forget about this or, podcast. Or that. Or you know, I mean, we're clearly amateurs. Not worth listening to. You know, <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I am a professional podcast podcaster. You make a lot of money doing this. We make scads. We make heaps. Gazillions. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Opportunity cost indeed.